foundation of the historic lighthouse in Frankfurt is crumbling. High waters and waves cracked the barrier that protects it from Lake Michigan. But what's happened is cracks have developed now in that concrete. And so that water coming from the spray and the waves lapping over the seawall is now getting underneath those concrete slabs that are um, protecting that shoreline. What's next for Point Betsy Lighthouse? Plus, there are not many commercial fishers left in the Great Lakes. In Michigan, they have long been at odds with the State Department of Natural Resources. Now, people who catch fish to sell say the state is attempting to put them out of business. That's coming up on Points North. I'm Noelle Riley. Large waves and Lake Michigan's record high water levels are breaking down the barrier that protects the historic Point Betsy Lighthouse. Key parts of the structure are fractured and falling apart. Supporters of the lighthouse are trying to get repairs done, but a lengthy process may stand in the way. IPR's Taylor Wisner reports. It's an overcast February morning. A cold wind comes inland from Lake Michigan, dusting Point Betsy Lighthouse with snow. The shoreline next to it is filled with tree branches and a wooden board with nails sticking out of it. In the uh, fall storms we had, this pathway was completely choked with debris. Jed Jaworski visits the lighthouse about twice a week, no matter the season. Usually, he says, it's pristine. But the lake's high water continues to cause damage. And Jed says he worries about the barriers that protect the lighthouse. So that crack is what I've been monitoring and Literally in every storm event now, it's gotten wider and wider and wider. He says cracks in the concrete allow water to get in, and the water carries the sediment out, causing the rock bed to sink. When that happens, the whole system is destabilized. It's fragile. The Point Betsy Lighthouse opened in 1858. It was one of the last staffed lighthouses on the Great Lakes, and now it's maintained as a tourist attraction by a community nonprofit. President of the Friends of Point Betsy Lighthouse, Dick Taylor, says right now the group is looking to do an engineering study of the cracked barrier at the lighthouse. It was installed in 1944. As a whole, it has just eroded and worn and taken 80 years worth of winters and and, um, needs some attention. Once that's done, they'll seek out bids and begin applying for permits. They're hoping to start construction in the summer. Winter storms will continue damage, and water levels are expected to rise even higher in the spring, according to the Army Corps of Engineers. Taylor says it could mean more expensive repairs, upwards of a million dollars. As it gets worse, the potential for wave erosion to make the um, sand behind the seawall dig out and undermine the integrity of that whole structure Uh, That's a concern. He also worries that when they are ready to do the work, contractors won't be available. As folks perhaps return north from not living here full time and and come up and find with urgency they need to get some work done, that the uh, competition for both materials and labor to actually get this work done this summer might become frantic. Taylor says the one bright spot is that state agencies are responding to permits quickly. Benzie County actually owns the lighthouse and gets the final say on what moves forward. County Commissioner Art Janot says the county will likely sign off on the project. As long as we're able to fix the problem through those funding vehicles, we are absolutely dedicated to having that done. Friends of Point Betsy Lighthouse launched a fundraising campaign in the summer, and they're almost at their goal. 
Taylor says if things go as expected, they'll have enough to cover the repairs this year. But they may not have enough for their other projects, like adding parking and hiring an executive director. Still, he says they can't take any more chances waiting. For Interlochen Public Radio, I'm Taylor Wisner. Commercial fishers are in an uproar about legislation that passed the Michigan House of Representatives last week. They say it's the latest attempt to end commercial fishing in the Great Lakes state. DNR officials say they are just updating archaic laws. IPR's executive director, Peter Payette, has followed the story and joins me. Hi, Peter. Hi, Noel. So what is the change, Peter? So the big change among many uh, changes that are proposed in this legislation would be that uh, a few fish in particular would become game fish. Lake trout, walleye, and perch under this bill would become game fish and they would be off limits permanently to commercial fishing. Now, for the most part, the commercial industry can't uh, catch and sell those fish now, but the current law does allow the possibility of commercial fishing for lake trout, walleye, and perch, this would uh, take it off the table completely. And the, f- the folks who fish commercially say that the whitefish, which is the main fish, uh, that, that is almost exclusively what commercial fishing is uh, for uh, non-native fishers in the Great Lakes, they say whitefish are, are just showing signs of some real problems. And if they don't have some other options in the years ahead, there won't be uh, commercial fishing licensed by the state of Michigan uh, for very much longer. Why are the whitefish populations declining? That's mainly because of invasive species like quagga mussels. There may be some other contributing factors. When the lakes were low for a number of years, around 2012, 13, 14, There's some suspicion that that uh, harms reproduction of whitefish. There's still a decent uh, whitefish fishery out there in the Great Lakes, but it uh, the what what's really troubling is what they call recruitment, the success that young whitefish have in becoming adults. That is not happening very much, and so there are some pretty ominous signs about what uh, you know how, how much whitefish will be out there in the years to come. Okay. Let's let's talk about the politics behind this. What's driving this? What's driving it are the sport fishing groups. They represent a huge constituency. Lots of people in Michigan like to fish. It's a huge part of our tourism economy. Uh, sport anglers spend a lot of money. They travel around. They buy fishing licenses. Those uh, license fees fund the Department of Natural Resources and fund conservation work in rivers and lakes all over the state, and they don't like the idea of the commercial industry going out and catching in nets fish that they can catch on the end of a line. So how are the commercial fishers feeling about this? Well, they see this as just an effort to uh, put them out of business that began about 60 years ago when sport fishing became a big deal in the state of Michigan, when um, when Michigan introduced salmon from the Pacific Ocean into the lakes and a whole new maritime culture was kind of born almost overnight. And uh, at that time, the state was quite upfront. They wanted, they didn't want to have to deal with commercial fishing. They thought it was a relic from the past. And that sentiment still exists. I, there was an article in Bridge where a charter boat captain, I think, referred to a horse and carriage industry. Um, this is just recently in a, in a Bridge article uh, online. 
uh, this last year referred to how sometimes we just have to let horse and carriage industries go. Hmm. And, um, you know, the other sort of aspect of this that's uh, swinging in favor of the, uh, the, the sport fishing industry is uh, the head of the Department of Natural Resources uh, came from Michigan United Conservation Clubs. Hmm. MUCC is the lobbying group for hunters and sport anglers, and they sent out the most uh, a very enthusiastic press release when this legislation was uh, passed by the state house last week. And uh, the commercial industry just feels like the Department of Natural Resources from the top down is now pretty much opposed to them. Got it. Okay, let's talk about how I'm going to be able to get my perch, my lake trout, my walleye, my whitefish. Can I still get that for dinner at the store? Well, nothing's changing. No one's no one's being told they can't fish. And uh, these uh, state licensed uh, fishers that fish for whitefish can still do that. Um, generally, if you get perch or walleye, it came from Canada, if it came from the Great Lakes. And of course, uh, none of this legislation will affect uh, tribal fishers. They will continue to do what they do under rights that they uh, reserved uh, from treaties that date back to the 19th century. The state has nothing to say about um, that uh, other than in, in um, uh, negotiations that are actually ongoing right now, but state laws will not affect tribal fishing. And then my last question is, what what is next? Well, what's next is the Michigan Senate, and there is uh, a, a competing bill coming forward in the Senate that would uh, essentially say commercial fishing is entitled to about 10% of the uh, total uh, catch out there. 90% would be for sport fishing, and 10% would be for uh, the commercial industry to catch and to sell. And uh, we'll see if that gets any traction against uh, the legislation that would mirror what passed in the House. Okay. Thank you, Peter. Thank you. That's the show this week. Thanks for tuning in. Catch Points North every Friday here on Interlochen Public Radio. I'm Noelle Riley. Peter Payette helps me produce the show. Have a great weekend. Mm-hmm.